One Soccer brought to you by Tony Bed, Andy Patrill, Jordan Wilson. Trills and Wills here with you. We're going to be going overseas. We're going to be spending Where are we going? Time. I don't know. You never told me we're going anywhere. Europe, somewhere in Mallorca. We're going to Mallorca? Yeah. Ooh. Apparently, Kyle Aaron's got like an extra, a couple extra rooms. Who's paying for this trip? Uh, you got the these dollars? These are details yet to be decided. I don't have the dollars. Maybe I have the points. <laughs> Flying on points, which means we are sitting on the wing, but we are going to get there. there at some point. Now, we're just going to talk about Canadian players right now who have been making moves. Um, you know, they've already either made moves. Maybe we think they're going to make a move. How do we think they're going to do? Maybe they made a move, but are going to make another move. Something about moves and moves and moves. That's what we're going to be talking about Movement. on the show today. Movement. Movement in Europe. And before we actually get to players who are making those moves, I want to live in a fantasy world just a little bit. Where we go? What's going on today? <laughs> we're taking a lot of You're tricks like... today. What's in my coffee? <laughs> it's making me very happy. We're going to Europe. We're making trips to a fantasy land. Okay, talk to me about the fantasy, fantasy land. The fantasy land is when you were a player, if there was a club you could play for <laughs> who would it have been you know me chills you know who i'd play for really come on gunners asana mm -hmm. what about you okay how about this i have a couple questions because oh. like you cover so many sports so many different countries what sport would you play oh if you were an athlete I know you're athletic. I'm not getting at you. I don't want you to hit me off screen. But what would you play, what would you play if you were going to play a sport professionally? Well, I mean, I played soccer for many years. Uh, you're a 10. You yes. Attacking midfielder, of course. Controlled. Loved. Okay, I'm a big indoor volleyball fan. Oh, um, I know this. A little short. But I was really, I can, you can be my, a libero. My, exactly. It was good yeah. libero, good digger. My serves, another level. Not that I'm going to myself. Kevin, my serves really good. <laughs> but I was just a little on the tinier side. Uh, but no, it, it's, it's soccer. Okay. And yeah. do you have a club that well, you'd want to play? Because this is a loaded question. Like, do you have a favorite club? Because I don't think you have a club that you like. Love. I've always just, I mean, I've always obviously kept my eye on Napoli. Because that's where, you know, my dad's from and we love Napoli and I've always clearly had an obsession with Napoli thanks to Maradona and everything that's gone on with that. And uh, but I've always been, to your point, like a Gigi Buffon fan. So Juventus okay. yeah, is uh, who I would also like would keep my eye on. But a team in particular that would go play. No, I, I think I would just say this. I mean, if you're a fan of the of the sport, which we are. I don't know if really in many ways if it gets, um, well, I shouldn't say that. It gets exciting in a lot of places. I'm pretty sure Milan Borjan will have some stories for you of what it's like to play in Serbia and how crazy it is there. But if you're going for a crazy atmosphere, Premier League. Yeah. Right? But like, no club. You're not going to, because like, there's a lot going on in the Well, it would have to be the big like, ones. Yeah. It's got to be either Manchester United, mm. right? Like to your point, Arsenal, Liverpool. I went, to a man, I went to a Manchester City Crystal Palace game. How was that? It was phenomenal. I may have indulged the night before, so I had a wee bit of a headache the next day. And the banging of the drums and the chanting was kind of ticking me off a little bit. But we were right behind goal. It was when uh, Manchester City, this would have been in 2018, when they went on this like incredible unbeaten run and like set a record. I'm in the documentary. Look they did a documentary on them. You spotted yourself? And they, and they went on to win. Yeah, because they, uh, no, because Crystal Palace was awarded a penalty oh, kick in the final minutes of the game. We were behind the net, and we thought this is it. Man City's... Okay, so it's City, not United. Sorry, Manchester. sorry, City. It was Man City. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah, so Crystal Palace gets awarded a penalty kick, and we think this is it. Manchester City's unbeaten streak is going to come to an end. 
and he makes the save. They don't score the penalty kick. We're behind the net. That makes it in the documentary. And you see me a little pale in the face because I was, I was maybe a little hungover. But I'm in the documentary. Okay, so for someone who literally over 20 years, you, you're on TV, you host shows. like No, that was really exciting. But that was it. That was, that was the moment. Like, I've made it, mama. <laughs> I'm behind the goal. You know what? Maybe if we, I'm going to set, there's a photo. I'm telling you right now. Find it. Put, I believe you. Put the you. photo up. I actually I took a screenshot. And, well, and I, should, I shouldn't ignore the fact that my husband was next to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really about me being in the documentary. So you saw, like, you saw both of you, but you're like, yeah. I'm on TV, it's not we're. Yeah. No, no, not we on TV. I'm on TV. Sounds right. Okay. So let, let, enough it. about me being in really impressive documentaries. Let's talk about these players who are doing impressive things on the pitch. And we have to start with Alfonso Davies. Once again, uh, with Bayern Munich the team that's always the favorite to do really incredible things. Do you think that there's a chance that he ever moves? His contract goes to 2025. And Bayern's been good to him. Bayern's been great to him. He's won many things with Bayern. Would you like to see him stay, get an extension? Or do you think there's a possibility he could end up in La Liga? Because hmm. we keep hearing about... Real Madrid? I've been, I've been consistent, yeah. Like yeah. It's not just him going to La Liga, it's him going to Real Madrid. In particular, Galacticos. yeah. Uh, I think he's leaving. The question is when. Are you doing another season as Alfonso Davies? Look, he's only 22, which is crazy because we've been talking about this guy for at least five years, steady, consistently. And the talk about him has just grown and grown and grown just because of his level and the way that he plays, the fact that he's winning titles and the fact that he's regarded... Whether people want to say second or third, you don't even go past third left back. Most people would say he's the best left back in the world. Okay, so let's just start there. I think he's leaving, though. I, I just don't know when. I think maybe it's, it's playing half a season, maybe playing a full season. Uh, the thing with Bayern in this, this situation, they're not going to wait till 2025, wait for him to be on a free transfer. They're going to lock in soon. So we're going into 2024 in six months' time, if my math is right, somewhere around there, five. Okay. For, for four months' time. Five, four. Anyways, they're going to want the 2024 season to know what his future is. Like, mm -hmm. they're not going to wait until it expires. So, yeah, I think this is crunch time for him. As a player, too, you don't want to play with that over your head, especially since fans in the soccer world, in particular in Europe, can be pretty ruthless. I mean, I've already seen, however you, you know, want to read into Twitter, but already there are a lot of Bayern fans on Twitter going, what's up? You yeah. staying or you not? You extending or you not? They're already starting now because the fans don't like to be left in the dark either. And I can't imagine, I don't want Alfonso Davies to be stepping onto the pitch, having to deal with that kind of heaviness because then fans can also just be nasty. Even, and they're not, which is, this is the psychology of it all, right? Sometimes they can be nasty because they love you. They want you to stay. And if they believe that you're keeping the door open to leave, then they get nasty with you. And you end up being subjected it's to that. True. No, right? Like, it's just this crazy psychology here. So It sounds nuts, but that's what you get when you're regarded uh, yeah. as the best left back in the world. So and he, you're 22. And you're just 22. So here. people want you for a long time. They're not like, it's not like he's 32. And like, oh, sign one more deal with yeah. us, whatever. He's 22. And here's the thing. So you keep emphasizing left back, and rightfully so. That's the position he plays. Do you think there's a chance, though, that he could be given more of an attacking role? Do you think Bayern tries him at that? Or this is it. This is his position. And I say this, again, because we know we have these conversations around the national team. 
Herdman has opted to play him higher up the pitch. We hear that Alfonso Davies likes being more in that attacking role, but given that he is just so sublime mm-hmm. at left back, do we, do we just keep it that way? Is that just who he is now? Is he a left back player? So we've talked about it on One Soccer Today with Adam Jenkins, Oliver Platt, Gareth Wheeler, yourself, myself. We talk about it. And I've, I'm going to stay consistent with saying that he would be a very good winger but he would be a phenomenal left back, left wing back, whatever, just deeper, deeper on the pitch. The reason why I say that, I think Alfonso Davies thrives when he runs into, when he has like 50 yards to cover. When you have to take on a player and you can't really show your speed in the same way and you have maybe a tighter area to move, it's more difficult. Like, for him, he thrives when he can gallop, when he has area, real estate, when he has room. So even if he does take a bigger touch, he can still kind of make it up and cut in and and create things. He has more space. He's isolated 1v1 on the wing. Sometimes as a winger, there's just a lot more you have to deal with. When do you come inside? You have a player coming in to help when you go, so you're really one against two. It's just all these little things. I'm not saying that he's not competent. I'm just saying that he would be very good on the wing, but he would be... That is his spot worldwide mm-hmm. if he plays left back. And he, because he's so young, there is a lot to learn. He's already exceptional. I think that goes without saying. But I know that the best athletes in the world are always looking to take that next step. And if we go back to a recent competition, of course, which would be the CONCACAF Nations League and playing on the wing. And we know the Americans were pretty much subduing him to the point where Herdman had to switch him and Richie Larea, mm-hmm. right? Because he was just getting shut down by the Americans. So other teams... As great as Alfonso Davies is, they too are pretty good and they know how to shut him down. So what do you think is something that he would have to, to work on to continue to elevate his game? I think it's it's something when you're 22 that you still, even though he's played so many matches, had so many appearances, it's just knowing the nuances within a game. I think when you, you start getting, I don't even want to equate this to age, it really is experience. Some players have started at big clubs at 17 and by the time they're 23, they feel like they, they know the rhythm that they need to get into yeah. the matches. But I think as a player, when you're playing as a wing and you're luxury player and and you have to create something to get product it's almost you get into a rhythm sometimes if it doesn't work for the for the negative like if you take on a player but he stops you you're like oh okay next time you try he stops you or you cross the ball and it goes over everyone you get into a rhythm that way I would say for him it's just about that that final product that consistency which is almost easier for him to do from a deeper position playing wing back playing left back but when you're a winger everything for me is is on your numbers how many balls do you put that are dangerous in the box how many times do you get a shot on goal do you set up someone else it's all about numbers in the attacking third for me so I think it's just that last last little detail which is the hardest thing to do in football Trills it always is it's just yeah the finer details to just get to that next step it's like when you're trying to lose weight and you like plateau at like after losing 10 and then the last 10 are the highest hardest I should say well this is why I played (laughs) defensive midfield center back and that's why you played the 10 because you can handle that type of pressure give me the ball I'll make it happen me I'm like yeah, I don't mind being a working bee. I'm just <laughs> gi- giving the honey to the queen bee and just chilling. Yeah. Well, you know, queen bee scoring some goals. That's Jonathan David. I mean, okay. this is a guy He's who queen bee? Queen bee. I love it. Queen bee. <laughs> 24 goals. I mean, 24 goals and 37 appearances with Lil. When you're putting his name in the same conversation as, you know, Lionel Messi when it comes to who's scoring in the uh, in the French League, you're, you're doing something pretty special. Ligue 1 has, has been his league for at least two, two three seasons now. Yes. Like, I mean, in terms of a name that you have to bring up when you're talking about 
goal scorers, you got to bring up Jonathan David. And there's there's been talk that if he does move, it'll probably be later because that's just the way it works. You try to see what, what, what other big dogs move first, and then maybe he's the guy that could potentially move. But do you think it would be, considering that you've just said he's been there for a couple years and he's proven that he can be a goal scorer, top goal scorer, Right? He's won the league as well already with Lil a couple years ago. So he's won the league. He's been up there with top goal scoring. He's doing all right, right? Like he's proven that he can get it done in this league. So would it be considered disappointing if he spends another full year with Lil? So there's uh, some mixed emotions. I think mm. I try to do my opinion, but also just like people's opinion that I speak to or the, what I hear, what I read. I don't think he should stay another season but I also think now in the market of, of players moving it really is a puzzle piece one player moves and it frees up this team then they have like they can move they can drop some millions on on a certain player it's really who's going to break first are people going to hold out longer are you going to make a last minute deal are you just waiting for club or agent to kind of cut down that number how much are they willing to play it's all these little numbers but I don't think he should stay in the uh, another season. I think he showed that he can play in a bigger league. I know that league uh, in many respects is a top five league, but I think he could be playing in the Prem, the best league. I think, and I think for him, why not try to challenge yourself and do that? Um, is it a disappointment if he plays league uh, another season? No, but I also think you got to go and be in the 20 category again. 20 category for me is scoring 20 goals. Um, and I want half of them maybe to be pens, but the other half of him doing his one touch, left foot, right foot finishes mm. in the box that he does so well. Um, for me, I'm selfish. I'm thinking about, yeah, League Earn is nice and Lil is nice, but I'm thinking about his form just for Canada. Because we, oh, sure. we need a big dog. So wherever you go, I want you to be playing, banging in goals, but playing. That's the biggest thing. Consistency for me, not being on the bench. Is it Tottenham? I think he could go. But I think also there's a lot going on with Harry Kane as well. Is Harry Kane going to Bayern That's Bayern I feel Munich? like they're, yeah, they're it's waiting. It's a puzzle piece, right? Like if, if Harry goes, I'm like, Jonathan Davis, just like the red carpet's there, brother. Roll out. I feel like you can go. Comes down to dollars as well. But um, my opinion, he should go now. And that's what I mean by other bodies need to move first, it feels like, with this whole Jonathan David thing. I wonder how much of the price tag is something that people look at. I think they were looking at the 60 to 65 million. He already broke the record for a Canadian, I think, being moved. I think he was around 30 million. I wonder if the price tag is a little bit steep, given that, again, you have other players that you're keeping an eye on, wondering where they're going to move. But yeah, Spurs, Juventus, mm. hearing a lot about the Canadian players and the Italian League. I like it. I was, yeah, I'm also, just also read as well, I think there's there's 12 mil from Al Halal and the Saudi Pro League for, yeah. for Jonathan David. Just rumors as well. Is that the price tag for him to go? I don't think he should do that. I don't think he's at that point in his career to, to be going to, to Saudi. I think he needs to go to a bigger club. Saudi's going after a lot of players. You know what? I told my brother yesterday on the phone, I said, man, if I if I played a little bit longer, maybe at a better level, would I go to Saudi for a year? Absolutely. <laughs> remember that Mallorca trip you were just talking about? You're saying, ooh, should I use my points? I said, chills, I got you. You pack, you pack up John's stuff, we go in. Oh. I'm like, oh, you're bringing your mama too? Oh, they're coming. I'm telling Bring you. Bring them yeah. on. That's, hey, you do a season in Saudi? Whew. There are a <laughs> lot of conversations that just stem from that, right? Because mm. there are the people that want to talk about the off-the-pitch stuff with Saudi. There are the people who want to talk about, is it even considered a competitive league? And then there are those that are like, you know, it's nice to be able to sit and judge until... That kind of money's dangled in front of your face. And then what kind of decision you're going to make when you know you're set up and your children's children are set up. It's dangling like this. And this is what I'm... 
I'm not even, I'm snatching it. Quick. I, I'm picturing you, you know that machine? What? It's like that game where the, the money's just blowing in the air and you gotta catch as many bi- dollar bills no, as you can. All of a sudden, my hoodie is a parachute. I'm like, <laughs> ooh, we, nice yeah. tactic. Like I like it? that tactic. Come on. Okay, well, I, I brought up Mallorca off the beginning because A, who doesn't want to go to Mallorca? Uh, but that's where Kyle Aaron has now signed. By the way, I love their introduction. Mm-hmm. Great video, like welcoming him in. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty jacked. I'm feeling pretty special if I'm a player now, joining that uh, joining that club. And we know that, so with Valladolid, he got it done as far as his personal performances on the pitch and scoring goals and eight goals and three assists. Didn't get them, um, you know, the... To stay. Hairline. Yeah, it, barely, was, barely it, it, was, it. it was pretty tough for him. So, unfortunately, they were not saved from relegation. But uh, how do you, what, what kind of damage do you think he could do with Mallorca? Huge damage. Yeah. I, think the, I think La Liga, I think the tempo, I think the way that he's a big frame. I feel like the way that uh, Spanish football is and how he, he's just a fox in the box. I think all of that plays into his strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, for... It, it, it would have been such a feel-good story with Real Valadid as well, like if you could have kept them up with, and then you, you had a season where you were there, you kind of know everyone. Um, the yeah. president is a pro- prolific player as well, prolific striker. It'd been nice to have it all. Sorry, that's Ronaldo R9. Um, it would have been phenomenal, but I just like that he's in La Liga. You're playing the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you're 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 in the limelight. So it's great for him. I think he's going to score a bunch of goals. I can, I'll bet north of twelve this season. And that's what we've come to expect, even of Jonathan David, Kyle Aaron. Is that going to continue to be John Herdman's go-to duo up front to score those goals? I can't really see anything else. You like. No disrespect to Brim or other players that may be coming up into Canada, but like if you're scoring and giving more product than those two, um, then be my guest. I would like it. I would like for there to be a, a third person or a fourth person competing for that spot. But I think on your on the best day, you're starting those two, and even on a mediocre day, you're figuring out at least one of them. Uh, my challenge for them, if they're ever listening to the podcast, is that big moments they already know they need to step up right? Goals change games. That's just what it is. It's a fact. Obviously systems and how much service you're getting, this all plays into it. But we have two mega superstars right now and Jonathan David and Kyle Aaron. Mm -hmm. Mega superstars. They're not just okay players. They're not players that are overrated. They're not players that are playing at a certain team and they're getting love. So that's why they're doing well. No, these guys could go to any team and do well. Um, obviously in football, you're looking at things and you have to have that right marriage, like a team that plays this type of system you play. You look at Kyle Aaron and Club Rouge, you look at him at Real Valadid, he is reborn. He's ready to go, right? Same guy, but just mm-hmm. different product. So yes, that doesn't matter. But those yeah. two have to be that, that one-two punch that Canada leans on for the next couple of years. Speaking of Tejan Buchanan, you hmm. wonder if this guy ends up going. I mean, there was rumor of Inter Milan. You're, the Canadian players are playing at higher levels and getting those consistent minutes like they never have before. It is pretty incredible. But another guy, right, keeping an eye on is, is Tejan Buchanan because he just seems, you know, went to Club Bruges. He's sliding right on in, hit the ground running, and he's pretty phenomenal. So you wonder if he ne- takes the next step somewhere too. You want to know what it is with these Canadians that I always feel? I feel like they're so dynamic. I feel like other countries, yes, they produce a crop of players. Canada might not produce as many, but they're just so dynamic in the way that they play. Tejan, he play right back, he play right wing. Every time he plays, 
It's like he has a chip on his shoulder. He has something to prove. He's like, yep. He doesn't seem satisfied. He seems so hungry. Yeah. He's like, show me. Even sometimes for Canada, when the few times he's coming off the bench, he's just like, okay, what do I got to do? Like, he's like, I need to make up for last time. I love that. And I think that's why he gets in those conversations about moves and he's going to continue to do that because he has that dogged pursuit. He keeps that up, the sky's the limit for it. And you talk about that, but like how much higher can he really go? Like he's already in talks with, <laughs> he's right there, right? The next move is that big money move. And it's not really about the money, but it's also just that competition. Mm -hmm. So if he can get that week in and week out, he's, yeah, he's a shooting star. We've definitely seen moves on the women's side. Let's talk about 100 it. 100%. And speaking of significant moves, so Jesse Fleming was already with Chelsea. Last year, she was joined by Kadisha Buchanan. And then in this offseason, Ashley Lawrence. Come on. Now joined Chelsea. How big is this to have these three national team players at the same club where you know they're going to get significant minutes? Yeah, I think it's the club. I think it's also the, the league as well, yeah. right? Like, you're playing with the best of the best. Going into Canada camp, it should almost be easier for you now. Like, things should be, no disrespect, but when you're going to a CONCACAF, things should slow down. You're playing week in and week out for not even guaranteed spots, right? Jesse Fleming, Kadisha Buchanan. Like, for us, you're, you're thinking these two, Ashley Lawrence, they're, those three are like shoe-ins. Like, mm -hmm. you can't really pick an 11 and, not, and, and count them out. You could pick a Chelsea 11 and count them out. I know that sounds crazy to say, but there are that many superstars on a the squad. There are that many. Sam Kerr plays for Chelsea. Like there are yeah. that many players that can contribute. Um, so for me, I think it's great that they're there, and they're also staples for Canada, right? Jesse Fleming's a huge leader. Kadisha Buchanan, Ashley Lawrence. We talk about the next crop for Canada. These are three names that need to kind of carry the weight of a of a Sophie Schmidt leaving and. Uh, and, yeah. and I won't say she's leaving, but she's getting older and Christine She won't Sinclair. be at the next World Cup. She exactly. basically said it as much. So right? you need these crop of players to really just make a, make a statement and, and, and show how great they are. Ashley Lawrence is so curious to me because the conversations around her, I feel, are the same that we have around Alfonso Davies. Mm -hmm. And we know that Bev Priestman uses her as that left back, but obviously she's kind of more of like that left wing back. She, she runs up the pitch. She, I know she, you like a wing back, though. I do. I love a yeah, wing back. Fair. I do. I love. But there's been a lot of talk of does she stay as like kind of a, more of a fullback? Does she play? the wingback midfield. I don't know. I mean, Ashley Lawrence is pretty versatile. Her delivering to the box is pretty good. That's why you want her a little further up the pitch. I don't know where you see her role being with Chelsea. And if you think that will determine then how we see her use with the national team. Great question. I, I honestly don't know. I think with the national team, I would love to see her higher up the pitch and just mm -hmm. maybe have someone a bit more defensive minded, but that was all contingent on what I was saying for Canada and the deficiencies during this World Cup in terms of you attack forward, but then Jill's in it maybe get yeah. over and then there's a there's a space they counter our counter. There's a space that could be exploited with Ashley Lawrence there. But maybe if she's higher up the pitch, she could still do what she's doing, but she doesn't have the same defensive responsibilities. With Chelsea, I think also a big reason why she's there is because she can play different spots. Mm -hmm. Right? They mix and mingle. Sometimes Jesse Fleming plays on the wing. Like for Canada, I would never play Jesse Fleming there. Why? Because I think Canada has wingers that are dynamic or that can be dynamic yeah. on the day. So it's just all about matchups. But for Ashley Lawrence, I would like to think that maybe she's playing uh, left back or uh, left mid, but you just don't know. Chloe Lacasse also made a move. To a, a great club. 
arsenal. This is very true. <laughs> but but she she's became she became a hot topic simply because coming in as a substitute during the World Cup, we actually even discussed on our show whether or not she should be a starter given how dynamic she was. Right? She comes on in. She's got a ton of pace, a lot of speed. Was really you know turning heads with the opposition because you know she's left, she's right, she's past them, she's delivering into the box. And I wonder you know how much playing time she will end up getting with Arsenal and just what this move you know means once again to have a player to your point in the women's super league and have her also be with a significant significant club in arsenal well first of all for chloe lacash you chose the right club i'll say that much um (laughs) (laughs) from our gunner fans out there i love you this is our year this is our year. I say it every year. Anyways, yeah. um, no, I think just you said you hit the nail on the head, Charles. I think better competition is just iron sharpens iron. You can yeah. get week in and week out. It's not so much about playing um, on the weekend. It's just about that training environment as well, the stuff that you can develop, right? Chloe Lacasse scoring goals the way that she's done throughout her career. It's always been at, de- at a decent level, but now this is a big stage. So yeah. how can she come and perform and show, show how good she is? Do we have time to talk about Jesse Fleming quick? Yeah, you want to say Jesse Fleming? Um, what do you think for, for her? Because Jesse Fleming is a talent, but for Canada, for me, they're missing goals. Her playing at Chelsea, what do you think is the biggest thing that needs to, to happen this season like for her? Is it good enough if she just has a good season and plays, or does she need to start banging in goals as well? Well, to me, she's always been the creative playmaker, and she's just been somebody who's really good at kind of feeding you the ball. Of course, anyone who scores goals, what that'll you know help your confidence immensely. So what I say, it'd be nice to see her score goals. 100%. I do think in some ways that matters with the Canadian national team because we've figured out pretty quickly this is going to be scoring by committee. Christine St. Clair uh, is a generational player and it's not like who's just going to fill her shoes. That's tough. Five people probably have to fill the shoes of one player. That's how significant she's been for the national team. So does it help that Jesse Fleming can score goals? and have, Now she's proven she can do it. Again, the conversation around the women's team is she can do it around opponents that are not necessarily ranked the highest. Mm. I believe she and Julia Grosso, if I'm not mistaken, they were the joint goal scorers at the CONCACAF Championship Tournament last summer, which was the qualifier for the World Cup and the Olympics. So she can score. Can she do it against higher opponents? But then I guess the question as well is that if you're using her as that creative player to find spaces to then feed someone else the ball, is that necessary? For her confidence, great, sure, why not? Get everyone scoring goals. But um, is that, I think, her necessary role? No, that's where I'm looking at a Jordan Heidema. You know, she's been doing that with the club team. That has to translate to the national team. Janine Becky's going to come back from injury. Nichelle Prince, um, you know, yeah, Deanne Rose, Rose. They, they're coming. They were at the World Cup, but they too coming back from injury. That's where you want to see those players. Chloe Lacasse, Evelyn Vienne, you know. Uh, Leon. Now, Adriana Leon, too. That's somebody as well who's got to find a team where she can get minutes. When she made that move to Manchester United, we were all stoked. And that's always the... Um, the concern with Canadians playing overseas is are they going to get the playing minutes? Because if they don't, what's the point? That's what happened. Kyle Laren, when he went to Club Rouge, wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. Richie Larea is now back in Major League Soccer, this time with Vancouver, because once again, he's not getting that playing time with Nottingham. Uh, Jordan Heidema wasn't getting that playing time with PSG. It's great, as you said, to get that practice experience, to be around a certain level of players. There's a different kind of environment. There's a different level of professionalism. And, and also, you open your eyes to the different levels of skill out there. But at some point, you have to play. And if you're not, you're doing your own career disservice, right? So Haidema left. 
Now, Adriana Leon left, but she's not getting playing time in NWSL. You have to go where you're going to play. I hope Lacasse gets playing time with Arsenal because that's also key to, to progression. But that's always going to be my big question yeah. is are they going to get playing time? Anyways, to go back to your Jesse Fleming, scoring goals I think will help her confidence. Is that her goal, I think, with the national team? Based on all those players I just mentioned, no. Feed them the ball. they got to find a way to get open. you got a ton of talent. You already have wingers. You have nines who can get that job done. I mentioned it briefly on the Good Night Australia mm-hmm. New Zealand show, but they really need to fly you out. They being counter soccer really need to fly you out before <laughs> the women's national team play because you get me going. I'm like, I haven't even thought about kicking a ball in whatever, however long I've been retired. As soon as you start talking about it, rapido, talking about footy, I'm like, let's go. I'm like, where's the wall? Where's the brick wall? Let me just put my head straight through it. Wait till I start screaming. Rah! I just do like a Patrick Mahomes when he's like warming up and then he goes, Rah! at the end of every warm up. Random, just walking down the hall. Oh, it's not random. Yelling your face. It's, cal- ah! it's calculated. It's like he feels it. It just gets the chills. Definitely. But I, I get excited about this kind of stuff because I do see on both the, the men and women, the Canadians, like I said before, playing time, making moves to clubs like we've never seen before in substance, right? We've seen Canadians obviously do things overseas, but I'm talking about this, like the amount of them doing this. It is so exciting. But at the same time, you have to be clinical. You have to be discerning. And as much as it's also uh, a real good, you know, ego boost to be playing with certain clubs, if you're not getting the playing time, you got to move. So you mentioned so many names. Who is one from the women's side that you want to have a breakout season? Like, they need to have it. You have to pick one. Of course, we're saying all need to contribute. Mm -hmm. But pick one name that sticks out to you where you feel like this has to be the year because we need her for Canada, but we also just need her to take a step up for the club. I'll go Adriana Leon, and I'll tell you why. Because, again, the one player who's not getting that many minutes was also the only player to score from open play at the World Cup for the Canadians. Now, imagine... Imagine if she's playing consistently. And she's a beast in the box. I love it. I love someone who's just like, boom, yeah. get out of my way. That's what she's she direct. is. She has so much power. She's direct. It's got to be Adriana Leon for me. We could keep going. I mean, we could. We but I agree with you. We don't agree often. No, we, I kind of agree a lot. You agree with me. I'm, I'm nervous. Yeah, we agree. We agree. But we also agree that we have to say goodbye now. <laughs> Bye.